0: is the movie hall of fame class of terrence malick for friday august 21st 2020 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: adam i think we're in for one today
1: yeah i know i know
0: although terrence malick could not be
1: here we invited him but he begrudgingly said no he declined he always declines on us
0: i mean in fairness he declines on literally every press junket it's amazing (laughs) i don't know (laughs) how how's he been able to do that (laughs) the guy i don't think has ever conducted an interview I don't think he's ever been interviewed by anyone, ever. I heard, I found one thing
1: online. I don't know what the context of the interview was. I feel like he was probably in front of an audience, but he was basically just talking about how he doesn't like storyboards and basically went on a very short, very, very short tirade about how he feels like that restricts you and it's nice to just let loose and film. And I was like, so you don't like direction? (laughs) Okay. I get it. I get it to a degree i see it i see it
0: in a lot of his films oh i i more than see it (laughs) for sure for sure so here's what happened right uh i went to the badlands three weeks ago i was in the badlands of actually south dakota badlands national park i think it's also sort of there's a section of it that that uh, seeps into montana as well but i was in that area of the country Mm -hmm. just middle of nowhere small town usa and uh I'm like, yo I, I have to I have to watch Badlands the Film finally because I've never yeah. seen it, and I'm like, this atmosphere, this location is just perfect." For a movie, I understand why a movie was filmed here and why the movie was named after this location. It's just such a distinct American locale. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got me thinking wait a minute, we've never talked about Terrence Malick on this podcast before.
1: He always kind of gets the short end of the stick when we're nominating for some reason. We're just, he we just slips under the radar or we're just not interested enough to talk about his movies. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I think Terrence Malick is a bit of a cultural blind spot for us. Um, at least we've seen his movies. We've seen actually four out of five of his movies between the two of us but neither of those um or neither of us overlap which i thought was so funny yeah i had seen his you know two of his more recent movies and you had seen his two original movies um and yeah so we never really had any common ground to get the conversation (laughs) going and uh i think this week we finally took advantage of that
1: yeah i will before it was like a perfect storm of not working (laughs) right and i think that was part of it the fact that i had seen his earlier films and you had only seen his later films yeah so yeah and i I think also
0: we had sort of a different interpretation of who terrence malick was because of that
1: well i i I think so yeah i mean absolutely because i think his earlier work is a lot different from i mean it's very different it's also very much the same yeah it's It's His youthfulness shines through much more in his earlier films, obviously. But you definitely see sort of the the weathered old man come through later on.
0: I think maybe his technique, his cinematic technique, has evolved over the years. And maybe maybe evolved is not the word, just powered up over the years. It's become more distinct and more free-flowing. And there have been more shots of blades of grass and more shots of treetops. But I think his interest has remained the same. I think what he was interested in in 1973 is still what he's interested in 2020. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. His cinematic technique is still there. He, I mean, there are some techniques that follow through even from badlands all the way up into, uh, uh, tree of life. Some of his, inst- I think his interests, interests now are a little more broad and yes, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think he's, uh, I, I don't know much more loose with how he tackles those ideas yeah he's being very artistic with it he's much more of an auteur in the purest sense but later on that's certainly true yeah not to say that he wasn't earlier on but at the same time there's he's more distinctly that
0: now yeah no i think he hit his experimental period very late in life which is unique i think he made his first feature at 33 um that's when badlands came out and he does this really fascinating thing does it follow up in 78 with days of heaven it is critically adored and then he goes away for 20 years. Yep. And I guess he like worked on scripts in that period. There's no like, um, concrete reason why he went away. It's not like he was dealing with drug addiction or, uh, I mean, it's possible he's not forthcoming with anyone. Well, he's a recluse. That's why. So right. No one really knows anything about him. Yeah. He just sort of went away and it's like, when is Terrence Malick coming back? This dude just threw like, a, an incredible two heater there. um, Comes back with Thin Red Line in 98 and starts, again, ramping up production. Does two movies within relative succession of each other. And then, like, in 2012, he just, like, fires up the Malick machine again (laughs) and has, like, doubled his output in the last 10 years. He is more productive in the 2010s than in any other decade and he again has been making movies since the early 70s i don't think there has ever been a director quite like that and it's really a fascinating story uh it made even more fascinating by the fact that he is not forthcoming about any of it
1: i like that though yeah it's better to have terrence malick's than nicholas winding reference that's for sure certainly (laughs) uh (laughs) i would love to see a movie about terrence malick yeah you know at this point because i think he's such a he's starting to become more of a mythical director nowadays i would
0: i would say uh-huh. apparently his last movie was remarkable yes i've heard a hidden life is really good um but there are a couple in there uh, to the wonder in 2012 night of cups in 2015 voyage of time in 2016 and song to song in 2017 all of which got uh some critical flack
1: yeah i mean movies movies of that nature i think are generally going to f- uh, attract some detractors it's just sort of how they are. I mean, they're, they're open to interpretation and not everyone's going to vibe with it. And you, it's, it's very much a case of your, in his later work, you're either on board or you're
0: not. <laughs> right. And if, <laughs> You know what you're getting at this point, yeah. right? You yeah. know what you're getting. Yeah. And there's no excuse walking into song to song cold. No. On a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I wonder what this Christian Bale movie is all about. You know, you have no excuse at this point in your life. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's better for us, I
1: think, at this point because, I mean, honestly, it was, I think it, it helped me seeing so many films before entering a Terrence Malick movie later on is because like I am very used to movies like this with Mm -hmm. these kinds of sensibilities and attitude attitudes towards filmmaking in general. Sure. You went to film school. (laughs) Kind of. You see a lot of movies like this in film school. Yeah, no, it was, it wasn't like a, a dramatic radical experience for me on the whole. It's not like, like this, this, this stuff is completely alien to me.
0: Right. And I'm sure, yeah, for some mainstream film goers, it can be, uh, Yeah. Here, here's my problem, right? I saw Tree of Life in 2011 when it came out. It was nominated for Best Picture, and I was, I don't know, what 15 years old when Tree of Life came out, and I was a punk little kid that like loved the Die Hard movies and the Star Wars movies and shit like this. I'm just here, here's the thing about 15 year old Nico, a populist to the end. You're not that much
1: different. Yeah, I you know. you're not that much different. <laughs>
0: Just a populist through and through to the bone. And I think I saw that movie and I'm like, why the fuck are there dinosaurs in this shit? Like, (laughs) thanks, but no thanks Terrence Malick. And then a few years later, I saw the new world with uh, an older, more mature eye. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I think there's something here, but I think I was still sort of scarred by that experience in 2011, watching tree life as a punk, fifteen-year-old, and uh I, I just always thought of Terrence Malick as an inaccessible art house director, not knowing that his first movie is pretty much a crowd pleaser.
1: Yeah, you have that flaw, though. Sometimes, I mean, you, I mean, it's funny. I just brought up Nicholas Winding Reffin. I understand your reservations for Nicholas Winding Reffin, but you've only seen two movies by him. Correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. You like, and I, I think about your tastes in films and I, you would fucking love his first two movies uh-huh. because they're, they're so much like, like the safety brother movies, mm-hmm. like, like they're the safety brother movies before the Safdies became a thing. Right. And I don't know whether or not you would fall in love with Bronson, but you would certainly have fun with Bronson. <laughs> you would yeah. Have, you'd have a lot of fun with that movie. So yeah, I, I, you should not don't, don't cast a director off because of one movie. Yeah, no, I get it. If, I understand. If I, if I saw Boxcar Bertha before any other Scorsese movie. Yeah, no, I get it.
0: <laughs> I, I get it. Look, I was just a lot more allergic to artsy fartsy shit in 2011. And I've grown a lot, man. Okay. And I think that's part of what this podcast is, is I'm going to oh, show how much I've matured in the last growing. 10 years. You should really revisit
1: many movies, I think. Okay. That you didn't necessarily understand. Maybe one day. I, can't, I hate saying I didn't get it. It's more like didn't vibe with you the first time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't get Tree of Life when I first saw it, but I did rewatch it, and um, we're going to talk about it when we get to it. Uh, Malik, man. Fascinating guy. <laughs> Real fascinating. I mean, dude, the, the guy made his first five movies over a 40-year span, and he, like, low-key has the best five start starting movies of a director's career. You could make that argument.
1: Yeah, that's... Pretty nuts. I, I, don't, I think he's... Uh you know, a little disqualified in that. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean though. It's like each one is a different era in a way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. But I mean, technically those are, you know, the first five movies of his career. All right. Okay. So here we go. Ready? Yes. Uh, we talked about his other five movies again. This, uh, this list of five badlands days of heaven, the thin red line, the new world and the tree of life, um, are his first five films all the way from 73 to 2011. Uh, both Badlands and Days of Heaven are in the National Film Registry, um, and I'm sure some others are on their way someday. Uh, Malik, fascinating dude. Born in Illinois, mm-hmm. shows definitely. Certainly. Uh, he makes American movies through and through. Mm-hmm. He has a degree in philosophy from Harvard, <laughs> which also shows in his movies. Yeah. <laughs> Type of movie a philosophy major uh, makes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, has some family issues. Although he's a bit of a recluse, doesn't do interviews. Um, Malik's younger brother committed suicide. Mm. I think uh, definitely inspired some of the plot of a future movie of his. Uh, And we'll talk about that when we get there. Roger Ebert. Considers Malick's body of work to have one unifying theme. I love how he put this. As I uh, often love things that Roger Ebert says about movies. "Quote: Human lives diminish beneath the overarching majesty of the world." Yep, I've read that quote before. It's a good one. Yeah. If that ain't the Malick oove, I don't know what is. Here we go. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Badlands, starring a young Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek from 1973. An impressionable teenage girl from a dead-end town and her older greaser boyfriend embark on a killing spree in the North Dakota Badlands. Slightly inspired by a true story.
1: Is that right? hmm What's the true story? It's the same true story that inspired bits and pieces of natural-born killers. Oh, word. That's why they might feel a little similar in that way, at least okay. from a plot perspective. Uh, I forgot the guy's, the guy's name, but it is literally about uh, a, a young couple of lovers who go on the road in the Badlands and just kill people. Wow. Yeah, it's like a modern-day body and Clyde. Okay, word.
0: Uh, it is, let's see. Based on, uh, yeah, Badlands murder, murderess who went on killing spree 56 years ago, critically injured in car crash that left her husband dead. That's a story from 2013. Mm-hmm. The dude looks a lot like Jesse Plemons. I know. <laughs> I know. Isn't it weird? <laughs> cast jesse plemons
1: in a remake <laughs> I mean, it's
0: skinny jesse
1: plemons but you could almost do a remake of this movie
0: jesse plemons needs to lose weight
1: yeah he's gotten fat as fuck yeah man what the hell is he doing uh i don't know in- invite him over to game night for the love of god he needs to it. he needs
0: to get out <laughs> we're having a game night jesse <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so this is the first time I, I watched this movie this week um i thought it was pretty great i really liked it a lot yep. um reminded me weirdly enough of how Ashby's being there really which is kind of a weird comparison but i i sort of thought about movies that have like a very broad like mainstream plot and a very like explosive plot love you uh young lovers on the run just killing people in the badlands like you hear that you think true romance or you think bonnie and clyde or you think natural born killers all these lovers on the run stories that you just mentioned um but it's played incredibly straight and understated mm-hmm. um and i i just think like that's something hal ashby used to do all the time he would take what's a pretty wacky concept like you know uh dumb man becomes presidential aide, and it's <laughs> clearly political satire but he plays it like a pretty touching and tender and beautiful story um and that's sort of what i felt as i was watching badlands like this is a movie that has a lot of gunfire and there is murder committed on screen and um you know, it could be loud and it could be explosive, but Malik plays it understated and, uh, you know, sort of plays it from the perspective of Sissy Spacek, mm-hmm. who is neither here nor there to Martin Sheen's uh, murderous antics. Like, she's kind of disturbed by it, but not really. She thinks that he's hot. So, kind of, yeah. Like, he can get away with anything. So- and even at the end of the movie, when spoiler alert, he's arrested and he uh, ends up interacting with the cops, the cops just really like him he's just a very charming pleasant guy mm-hmm. uh and i just sort of found that fascinating the sort of like everyday nature of a very unusual um and uh, sort of just mainstream hollywood story
1: yeah yeah it's like a breakdown of that kind of thing though like it t- takes these characters like i said very seriously and humanizes them quite kind of like right off the bat it's one of those things where it's like the moment he kills his first victim which is the father i believe mm-hmm. It's like you kind of understand why he would do that, and in that situation,
0: he, it's it's. Well, maybe you don't understand it, but you think to yourself, he must have his reasons. I suppose yeah. you know <laughs> you you and you
1: feel worse for him than your normal serial killer yeah (laughs) because he's he's a serial killer yeah
0: maybe i wouldn't go about it that way no but but i get it man you you, you come at that
1: perspective i mean this is very much like again it's obviously a 70s movie where it's like kind of uh, frustrated by authority and and sort of uh, parental figures and sort of rebellious
0: towards all that structure in some ways yeah in some ways yes but you know not in a way where you would imagine rolling stones music playing underneath it
1: you know? No, but like I, maybe that's the Terrence Malick uh, uh, voice coming through where it is so like just in touch with the human condition and like nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's all about like how we get in touch with nature, even if we're going to be doing terrible things. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, this is, yeah, this is – yeah, this obviously this is the first – Terrence Malick movie I ever saw. So it's one of those instances where it's like when you were telling me sort of your criticisms towards it, I didn't get it right because I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite. I like this one more than Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, yeah, I think I'll, I might too. I like this one more than most, you know, lovers on the run stories. Yeah. Because it's, it's so unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just so committed to just taking its time with these characters on such an intimate level. And like most Malick films, it's just obsessed with detail Mm -hmm. and like the little things that they do that sort of strengthens their relationship. But uh, it also has a very clear focus and direction, like you said, with Sissy Spacek's character and um man it's like it yeah it's about two people killing other people but it's got so much heart it does it's got so much heart yeah yeah it does it's it's like a very like oddly comforting movie in that way and you sort of enjoy this this fucked up journey that they're going on Mm -hmm. and it's it's all the more horrifying when that stuff is kind of broken up and you actually start to feel danger for them Mm -hmm. i mean I think of like that scene where he goes into the woman's house and you have no idea if he's actually going to kill her in that, mo- in that moment. Yeah. Or if he's going to kill Terrence Malick, who actually shows up in that moment. Oh, right. Yeah. The guy. Who shows, oh yeah. He comes to the door. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Just like, I remember seeing it cause knowing a little bit about him, I'm like, Oh my God, he put himself in this movie. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's just, it just, I, 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 I maybe like, like that's why I responded to it so well is that I was like, I didn't, I don't movies like this are fairly predictable for me. And while I knew, I knew he was going to get caught. I, d- I just didn't expect the movie to, I don't know, uh, be so warming in this way. So it yeah. was oddly unexpected to just to sit down and, and then like just experience it and appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I mean when I say that it has a Hal Ashby quality to it. Yeah. It's like very few directors would play a story like this as warmly mm-hmm. and as understated. Um, you're a hundred percent right. It still has a lot of focus on nature, like the natural vistas, although not as, you know, big a part in this movie as it is in say the new world. Um, it is, uh, still a, a movie about, you know, man's, uh, disgusting behavior and the backdrop of this beautiful, majestic, um, landscape. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for that. Or if, if you go into it with the right state of mind, you can be a sucker for it. Yeah. Uh, very interesting that they play the true rom- romance score
1: essentially at the beginning. I was telling you that. Yeah, you did it, tell me that it, it's all, it's nearly identical. Which yeah. It might've been on purpose. I don't know. You would think, I think so. It's so similar. Must have been. So yeah,
0: Tarantino must've written in the screenplay. Like there's a xylophone score. A la <laughs> Badlands. It makes me wonder whose choice that was. Like uh, if it was Tony Scott's or, or even Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Didn't Hans Zimmer do the true romance yeah, score? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah yeah it's almost identical um and it sets the tone quite nicely actually um yeah i I think at first i was sort of i I was sort of off put by these performances I, i think both uh martin sheen and sissy spacek are awesome in this movie uh but yeah they don't play it the way you're used to either of these actors playing it like you're used to seeing martin sheen in apocalypse now and you're used to seeing sissy spacek and carrie And this movie came out before both of those movies. This is sort of a star making performance for the both of them. Uh, But like when Martin Sheen kills Sissy Spacek's father, she barely reacts. And then they burn down their house and run away and neither of them react. Uh, And, you know, it took me a while to get what Terrence Malick was getting at here. Uh, But these two are sort of just going through the motions of Bonnie and Clyde. Like they're just doing what James Dean would be doing uh in a movie like this they're not actually you know um they, they don't have any purpose they don't have any reason and nor does no. terrence malick really care what the reason is for their behavior.
1: Well, they, they, they it's the, their are characters that think this is what they should be doing. And I guess that's what I was alluding to when they're saying we have to like break away from society. Cause you know, fuck the higher ups. Yeah. It's like when you see them at the river trying to get by yeah. on a river with literally nothing but a tree. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, these people are pathetic and they don't know what they're doing. That being said, they're, they're pretty happy. Right, that that's sort of the weird dichotomy that you have to contend with. It's like, is this really that much of an issue if you know these people can live happily? Right, which is maybe a very very lean version of the themes that he gets at for many of his other films. But it's it's interesting that that's where he starts. You know, so even even here, he's just that close with nature and spirituality. You know, yeah,
0: I don't get the sense that Terrence Malick believes you know in this like we have to get away from society we have to no. break free from the man fuck the man fuck the rich eat the rich <laughs> you know <laughs> like i i don't you um, know in, in the way that maybe like oliver stone believes no that. no no you no. know and that's why you see these two movies and one is like so just f you to society and this other one is just like yeah all right these guys sort of believe that uh, what they're doing is just and what they're doing is noble but I'm really more interested in what their feelings are as they go through it. I'm not really interested in their motivations or their reasons. Yeah. Um, and also like, I'm just interested in those blades of grass and that tree. And that's cool. But, I mean, I'm cool with that. I wish that more directors that, like this tackled material like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Maybe that's something Todd Phillips should have done.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you wish he had, I guess, Uh, I suppose. It'd be interesting to see what his attempt would have been. (laughs) Maybe I want to see Todd
0: Phillips do a thin red line, maybe. Something like that. Okay. You
1: know? (laughs) I have thought about this movie, and it's like, I could see this movie being remade by, like, a great director, and it's still, like, Translating well today, yeah. I, I mean, just, it's a universal story, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I, just, I really enjoy these kinds of stories, you know. But again, like, the, what, what makes this one so good for me, like you said, is just sort of uh, uh, the, the, the emotions behind what they're doing. Not so much the plot itself, because I mean, I just like it when characters are put into what would feel like a tough situation for anybody, but to see them react the way that they do with just such, uh, I don't know, just su- such a down to earth quality where they're just kind of carefree about it all mm-hmm. and that they, they shouldn't be carefree about it all but they just kind of are there's just again it's about serial killers but there's something very endearing about the story oh yeah. yeah endearing about these people yeah like you kind of understand why Sissy Spacek wouldn't leave well she's so naive and in a way it's almost a coming of age story for her yeah like, like just breaking into it and understanding life through this the through, the through the 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 what am I trying to say the window that is Martin Sheen's character yeah it's an interesting way to introduce a character into those ideas
0: yeah uh i thought the uh their little like forest setup was incredible do you remember like the the jungle gym essentially they yeah, had like, set
1: up the bullshit hut i love the little like vietnam style like foxholes that they made <laughs> yeah popping out with a shotgun it's just great how long did it take them to
0: build that i don't fucking that's know. what i want to know <laughs> incredible forest setup um and yeah i just i love the ending i just love when martin Sheen walks up to sissy and's like yeah too bad about your dad (laughs) just the matter of factness of it all uh is quite haunting but also again beautiful and all the stuff with the police just made me laugh out loud i i loved every second of it i'll tell you who he looks like (laughs) james dean (laughs) yeah really good a lot of truth
1: to people responding that way to serial killers by the way yeah for sure so Sure. Well, he's just like a nice guy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. Everyone loves Edmund Kemper for some reason.
0: Absolutely.
1: You guys. (laughs) Pizza. You guys. (laughs) Best line of dialogue (laughs) in the entire show.
0: (laughs) All right. That's Badlands. Uh, Shall we move on? It's a wonderful movie. It is a wonderful movie. Um Days of Heaven is next. Days of Heaven. Nineteen seventy eight, not to be confused with Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise movie. I always confuse this in Heaven's Gate.
1: <laughs> and oh I, really? I don't know why. I always like I always go to say Heaven's Gate, and I always say Days of Heaven. I'm like, wait a second, that's that's not right. Two very different films. Yes. Days of
0: Heaven's Thundergate. <laughs> um. <laughs> starring uh richard Gere, brooke adams sam Shepard, and linda manns more on her later winner of best cinematography at the academy awards also nominated for best costume design sound and original score a hot-tempered farm laborer convinces the woman he loves to marry their rich but dying boss so they can have a claim to his fortune uh you saw this a while ago right yeah uh
1: the i again like I don't know, maybe this is a quality of the movie. I don't remember as much about it as I probably should. I remember the now kind of iconic score, which I'm sure you were like that's where that's from. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and I remember Sam Shepard being remarkable in the movie. He's really good in the movie. Uh and I remember the story just being like very like like again, similar to Badlands, like it's a it's a terrible thing that these people are doing, but it's you understand exactly why they're doing it and it's heartbreaking that they have to do it, but there's sort of that uh east of eden quality where we just have to get by you know yeah i mean that's it, it feels like a john steinbeck novel through and through uh and yeah like i sort of like it was just very hypnotic as well with that incredible cinematography and it <laughs> uh yeah I, I i i don't know though like i I remember liking the movie i know, I, did, I wouldn't say that i loved it when i saw it but i mean maybe i should have watched it again but yeah i yeah what would you think uh, i was
0: floored okay okay i was fucking yeah. floored by it good good <laughs> i was uh seriously dude i was absolutely blown away by this movie i thought cool. it was just like remarkable in every way all right and it might be my favorite movie on the list wow Okay. like it, it's like just that stunning and captivating uh okay i have a i have a bunch of notes so what do i want to hit first um first of all the, the sound design mm. in this movie like with the wind and the grass and all that incredible i I was actually struck at the beginning. I don't know if you remember the scene where Richard Gear is at the steel factory and he kills the guy, yeah, um, okay. but like the sound of like the steel machine, whatever the hell that you would call that, the smelter I don't know <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not a factory guy, I'm not a big uh factory stand um but like the sound of like the steel just clanking on itself as he murders the dude. I'm just like oh wow it's this type of movie it's just like immersive I wish I saw this thing in the theater and then later on when like the locusts are invading mm. it's like the invasion of Normandy but it's on this little like town in Texas I remember that that was like I remember that being like one of my
1: favorite moments of oh the my movie. god dude it's just terrible as, yeah. the, as the field becomes engulfed with flames like it feels like something that Terrence Malick lived yes it's because that's what locusts would be to anybody struggling to be a farmer like if a, lo- if a swarm of locusts come by w- our entire livelihood is ruined yes so it needs to feel like it's almost like a war
0: that's happening yes we've lost poland essentially yeah. when the locusts come hundred percent and i'm not the biggest nature guy like i can get down to some episodes of planet earth from now from you know time to time yeah uh but like what are my reservations with matt like and one of the reasons why like i always had that dissonance is i, I just didn't get it i didn't get what he saw in nature that was <laughs> like so full of conflict like i saw a lot of vistas and i appreciated those vistas like some of the mountains that he's looking at and tree life are pretty gorgeous and everything but i didn't understand what he found so compelling on like a cinematic level like what about this is like just speaks to the human condition and speaks to the conflict that we face on a day-to-day basis and in this movie i just totally got it like everything was just clicking for me at every moment like i totally understood why i was looking at blades of grass and hands brushing over them as we've seen in so many terrence malick movies mm-hmm. i understand why we saw the flames engulf this field i understand why we had so many close-ups on those locusts like there was there's so much detail paid to every walk of life and what they what they contributed to this ecosystem like this was such a fully realized world and I don't think I've ever been more into nature than I was in this movie.
1: (laughs) I feel that way about a lot of his movies too, though, where it's like human beings are just as, a part of nature as the birds or, or the grass. Yeah. And we, we sort of inherently have a relationship to towards it just because, you know, we are a part of that life and ecosystem. Yeah. So, like, to make a world, to make a movie that it takes place in this world, you almost have to address it, almost feels like uh, his, his in, sort of encompassing ideas, where it's like we are spiritually connected to it in almost every way, uh-huh. even if we don't know it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and there is such a just clarity of vision from the cinematography to the direction to the acting, like everything just feels is a part of One Piece, and well,
1: well, that's the thing that really stuck with me. Like after the fact, like like even today, even though I haven't seen the movie in quite a while, just the 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 look of the movie, mm-hmm. and just like I said, with the cinematography, just that vision is so so distinct to me, mm-hmm. and it's very unforgettable.
0: Yeah, I mean, they shot most of it with natural light. Though. Oh, that's like, obvious. Though. You know, yeah, it's yes, and Malik is quite fond of doing that. Mm-hmm. um He insisted upon that in New World and Thin Red Line, and I think Tree of Life too. Uh, but it's all shot in that golden hour. It's one of those first movies that sort of takes full advantage of that five p.m. to six p.m. Yeah, time slot where you can just uh, you know, every shot just looks like it belongs on a wall.
1: One thing. One thing I love about like because I'm actually sort of a proponent of that myself. Uh When I when I've ever worked on a short film with someone, I've always been like, why don't you just use the sun here? It looks so much better. And listen, that can become a cliche. Sure. Uh, Emmanuel Lebesky is certainly uh, a flawed in that nature. Yeah. At least with the Revenant, right? I was I sick of it by the Revenant. Yeah, yeah. But if you know how to use it, it's perfectly fine. And I, I generally speaking, at least in my experience, it can be uh, it, <laughs> at times like a, a, a much more uh, pleasing story to be soaked in. I suppose that's certainly true for me with the uh, uh, Malick's later films, at least more, at least more obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so it's It's just an incredible looking movie. Uh, it's an incredibly directed movie um, it's it's tight, man. It's only an hour and a half. It's not like a three-hour director's cut of New World, you well, know? Well, I looked at that, too. I was like,
1: I, because I, I, I was going back and checking the time limit for all the mo- the movies, and I was actually surprised by how short Days of Heaven was, because I remembered it being much longer. And I think that's just because, from my memory, the, the editing pace is very deliberate, and it takes its time, and yes. it was a little more methodical. So, so technically slow, but intentional.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing about Malik. Like, you call his movie slow. I don't really think of them like that I'm, I'm never bored in a terrence malick movie there's a lot happening on screen he doesn't hold on a shot for too long that's one of the things i noticed watching all of his movies like it's you know not like you're wa- like i just watched first cow for example like first cow is one of those like independent period pieces that's in fashion now where directors seem to hold on a shot for three seconds too long um i Malik doesn't do that. He cuts quite a bit. His editing is pretty frenetic.
1: Yes, it is. It's you know? super frenetic. I was going to say, it's just the the progression of like one scene might take a while to get over with. But yes, yeah, I his, guess on a plot level, they're slow, but directorially they're not really Slow's not a problem though. Like to me, it's not, I mean, it's okay to call a movie slow. There is such a, a, a stigma towards saying a movie slow. And I'm like, that doesn't inherently make it bad. So Shining is slow to me, but, yeah. but in a good way. Alien is slow to me, but in a good way. Sure. Uh, if your movie's pacing is inconsistent, right. it's a problem. Right. That that tends to be where it throws me off, where it's like, okay, we're in this rhythm now. And then you grind it to a screeching hole. And then I'm like, okay, I can't. I, uh, uh, it's like whiplash. Uh-huh. And then when, what you're stuck in is just like, okay, get on with it. If you hold on that, I, I adjust to the movie pretty quickly. Yeah. So I, I if your movie's going to be slow, commit to it being slow. If it's going to be fast, commit to it being fast.
0: Yeah. But again, I, I feel like Malik puts enough visual stimulation in there to keep your attention. Oh, my God, does he? <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like his
1: movies are just so, like, like <laughs> I mean, I, I think the images are quite rewarding and there's a lot to derive from them. But, like, half of it is just like, wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. You know?
1: <laughs> you could just <laughs> sit back and enjoy his films
0: in that way, too. Right. Yeah, you got to fall into the rhythm of it. You can't pause his movies and get up for a drink like every 10 minutes or else it's going to throw you off. Like you really need to sink into the
1: rhythm. I did that for like the hour mark. Yeah. We got up to pee or to get a drink or something. Right. You got to be careful
0: with that though. You can't overuse the pause button in a Malik movie. No, no, absolutely not. Definitely not. Um, and okay, so here's the main thing I want to get to. Uh, the Malik narration is, uh, a trope. Yep. It's a major trope and I think has gotten a bit unruly over the last few years. Maybe. Uh, when I was watching it,
1: one of his later films because i knew that these first two movies had um um, um voiceover in them yeah. in some narration uh i wasn't expecting every single movie <laughs> everyone to have narration from multiple characters by the way yes yeah. yes and i was like well okay i understand what neil breen's going for now <laughs> <laughs> i hate to admit it it did remind me of neil breen just a hair okay they
0: don't have <laughs> well that's a sentence <laughs>
1: <laughs> i hate to say,
0: i mean uh, some
1: of those shots and fateful findings that are just over the desert i don't know
0: luck, i don't know It's. A, it, <laughs> they don't have narration in like a shawshank redemption sense where it's like it is walking you through the plot carrying you through the movie no this is just like random bits of poetry sprinkled about and it's just like what these characters are thinking in the moment and and you could take them out of the movie and it's the exact same movie. No,
1: it's just another way for his characters to express themselves in the moment. Right. In a much more intimate philosophical level than you would have otherwise. Right. He does this
0: though in every single one of his and- movies. I haven't seen any of the newer ones, but I assume they're the same. Probably. I mean, why change at the age of 70? You yeah. know, it's just what he does. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, the Linda Mann's narration, Linda Mann's plays, uh, Richard Gere's younger sister, um, who is following him roaming around uh through his travels. Uh she narrates the whole thing. The entire thing is from her point of view. Um it is, I think, the most remarkable narration I have ever heard in a movie. I remember finding it off putting at first because of her voice. She is then, unbelievable.
1: Yes. There is there's like there's like a <sighs> Man, there's like such a freshness to everything she does. I don't know how you describe it. It's just like someone who maybe that's not even accurate. It's cuz it actually seems like she is she's always occupied this world and it's just kind of showing it to us. It's very it, Man, I don't know how you describe it. Is it is
0: how a 14-year-old would narrate a movie. This is exactly how she would speak. Kind of, but like she's I I don't know. It's it seems greater than that. Yeah. It
1: it only again, it seems like she's like like a more important part of the world than anybody else in the movie in a way. Yes. It's, it's very distinct and it's not like the other narrations in any of Terrence Malick's. It's not like a narration
0: in any movie I've ever heard before. Yeah. I mean, first of all, she has this thick New Yorker accent, like old school. Yeah. I'm just telling you about something, man. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, the he, the guy was supposed to get sick, but he never got sick. He just sort of stayed the same. The doctors must have gave him some pills or something. <laughs> and, you know, we went out to the farm and we planted some wheat or something, you know. And it's like so matter of fact, and it kind of feels improvisatory. I don't know how much of it was scripted, how much of it wasn't. Um but it is so authentic and so American and so yeah, true. That's, I agree with that entirely. Yeah. And it's like, I have met this kid before. Like, I feel like I know this kid and I feel like I had some of these thoughts growing up and this is how I would think about the world. If like my older brother pretended that his lover was his sister and like got in a scheme with a, a rich millionaire in the middle of Texas. Like there is a, there's a strange remove to the story, Roger Ebert talked about this in his review. Like there's not, um, the movie doesn't really go too far into the love triangle and doesn't really no. like develop these three characters that much, but it's because the movie is squarely in that little girl's point of view. Um, and I really didn't find the plot here nor there. I didn't really care it's what, not a, what happened with that love triangle.
1: You know, I mean, it's not about plot whatsoever. It's just that, tr- <laughs> For for some one reason or another, the 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 love triangle needs to happen for them to get by. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's I, just I, what the movie. It, that's what the plot is about. It's not what the movie is about. No, right? no. I mean, the, this is an example. I mean, with most of Terrence Malick's movies, his movies are more about the ideas than the story itself per se. It's just those are just the story's Just for him anyway, is just a, a means to explore said ideas. Uh-huh. He's more. He's much more interested in that. And uh, from what I remember, that's what it was like here. Did her narration? was it like i don't know was she naive or did she feel like she knew what she was talking about half the time i don't i didn't feel like she was like some
0: angelic figure this knowing omniscient sort of presence that you know spoke with great philosophy and that's what i like about this narration as opposed to the rest of them like especially later on there's just a lot of philosophical bullshit spewed in a terrence malick movie and some of it i can forgive others i i uh I'm distracted by frankly.
1: Well, we'll get to that and I I will end up echoing your sentiments
0: closely. Yeah, there's none of that here. This is just like the random thoughts of a of a 14-year-old as scattershot as they can sometimes be.
1: But I'm sure even here they 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 feel just as profound as those philosophical. I think they feel more emotions. profound because okay. of their yeah. yes,
0: lack of philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's entirely right. I think that's pretty pressing. It. Um and yeah, I mean just the ending just blew me away when she's like yeah this is my new friend and now we're gonna hang out um, and it's just like something about the carefree nature of being 14 and living in this world and it's a world uh filled with uh you know evil men doing evil things to one another sure. and burning the earth to a to a crisp yep and it's like she still maintains like this childlike wonder and like is devoid of cynicism and is devoid of the evil nature of her older brother and and her friend and it's like god man this movie floored me this movie's
1: unbelievable it's hopeful I, I agree with you one of david fincher's favorite films by the way
0: yeah i'm so happy i saw it at this point in my life oh, and yeah. i didn't watch it when i was like a snob and yeah in the 10th grade it's not for for you know 12 year olds it's just it just is it's
1: too mature for that
0: yeah uh yeah this is an incredible movie with uh just uh incredible cinematography and oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah just breathtaking narration and you should see it i will oh i've seen oh i know i know but others should see it yes yes. i'm speaking to
1: to them to them watch it on criterion oh is it on there i don't think it's on the channel you have to buy the dvd the blu-ray i may need to buy the criterion i gotta
0: i never say that but i think i need to
1: i need to give you a few of my criterions for you to watch i need to own this movie Badlands is also on the Criterion. I'm sure it is. Yeah.
0: I fucking love this movie, Adam.
1: Yeah, I love it too. I love it. I, now that I think about it, one, two, three, four, all five of these are on the Criterion selection.
0: Are they? Yeah, all five of them. I need to pick up the new world on Criterion. I need to do it. I'm becoming a Malik guy. Are we going to... Ta- Ooh, is this- <laughs> What did
1: I just hear you say about the new world? We'll get to that
0: thin red line to uh, 1998 is when this movie came out uh starring mainly sean penn jim caviezel and nick nolte those are the big three but there's a bunch of other people you recognize a ton of other people Uh, who's who a famous white guy my god among them adrian brody woody harrelson jared leto john c riley john cusack george clooney and john fucking travolta yeah. All in this movie. Some others that filmed scenes that were left on the cutting room floor. You ready for this? Bill paulman Gary Oldman, Viggo Mortensen, the aforementioned Martin Sheen, and Mickey Rourke. Jesus. All filmed
1: scenes didn't make it into the final cut of the movie. It's just like like inviting all of Hollywood to be in your movie. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, that's almost a <laughs> funny story about Adrian Brody, which
0: I'm sure you've done your research about. This cracked me up i'll read it right now jesus most of adrian Brody's scenes were cut from the film without his consent and he wasn't aware of these changes until he saw the film with the premiere brody came to the premiere expecting to see himself as the lead character and was shocked when he saw that he was barely featured in the film especially since captain fife was cent- was the central character in the novel on which the movie was based yep there you go uh, <laughs> nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Adapted Screenplay, Cinematography, Sound, Film Editing, and Original Score. A uh, lot of nominations there. Uh, it, was a, it is, of course, an, adapt, an adaptation, excuse me, of James Jones's autobiographical 1962 novel, focusing on the conflict at Guadalcanal during the Second World War. It's the second adaptation of this novel after a 1964 film of the same name. Uh, what'd you think of this movie?
1: I was, I mean, it's not, again, not what I expected at all. Um, uh, although that being said, it, it was the first time I watched of the, of the movies that I had to watch here. I thought, um, again, n- n- being out of touch with Terrence Malley for a while, I was surprised by how, uh, spiritual and intimate this movie was oh. as well. You shouldn't be. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. um, I thought it had a tendency to get very melodramatic um, in places that were a little distracting. And there are some characters – I don't know if it's the writing of them or just their performances, but they got a little annoying here and there. I thought otherwise, though, it was an excellent
0: movie.
1: Yeah, believe it or not. I don't think the the, – the voiceover is funny where it's like I don't always understand what they're talking about. But I love the fact that they do it amidst the battles. I just think that's such an interesting idea because the movie is so like like half concerned with the chaos. It's like it's only there to to give an excuse to pop into these characters heads. Uh That's what the movie feels like to me is that we're throwing these soldiers into a battle and we're showing a little bit of the battle just to go back and see what this person is thinking of the battle or how they're feeling about the battle. And it just put put a whole new spin on like what it must feel like to be a soldier it's so different to me, and again, so so honest. But it's not like in your face violent either. It's just no, so, definitely not. It's so unconcerned with with any of that. And I just thought it was a, a very propulsive action movie, even in that sense. One of the things I was so floored by was again John Toll's cinematography, which I was just like. Whoa, this movie's so well edited, mm-hmm. and just the, the 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 movement of the camera is is such a. It, I just think there's so many fascinating choices with how it just traverses throughout a hill or a village. And I just thought it was such an interesting decision. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was into the movie. It's maybe a little long, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's for
0: me, it's pretty great. <sighs> okay. I'm, I'm going to, uh, give my review, but I'm going to preface it by making a rebuttal that I know I'm going to have to make. Oh, which is I'm going to criticize this movie and uh, it's going to sound a lot like your criticisms of Dunkirk, but understand, (laughs) Oh, understand that. I think that uh, each movie has its own set of problems and they are unique. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't tell you a single thing about any of these characters. No, I don't think that's entirely the point. You're supposed to know a bit about Jim Caviezel's character. Yes. And I don't know if that's true, actually. Okay. Nick Nolte, I would say is the most well-defined character. I think like Nick Nolte, like the warmonger who was like ready to get into battle because he had been prepping for it his whole life. Like, I like that performance I dug it i understood what it was about he was the only guy that sort of felt distinct to me in a way though he almost felt more out of place certainly and
1: that was sort of that was i i had he was one of the characters that i found more annoying than anything okay elias uh kotias however you say his name yeah yeah uh i i felt like i understood him pretty pretty well okay just just from a a a visceral level of just being with him during this this crisis
0: yeah sure i guess I guess. Uh I just found like the movie to lack focus. I just thought it really just lacked a central story that I can hang my hat on. And um, you know, that's the thing with art house movies. Mm. And I have a lot of time to- a hard I have a hard time with arthouse movies a lot of the time because um you know, my my theory is always it's like the David Lynch thing. You have to get the fundamentals right. Like you have to build the base before you can get crazy with it. Like before you start doing fancy dunks and three point shots just hit your free throws you know that's my philosophy Mm. i i i love when david lynch goes out into like the unexplored parts of the ether because i know that he can make elephant man and i understand that he he knows how to structure a plot how to get good performances out of his actors you know act one act two act three a plot b plot c plot um i don't think like terrence malick ever gets a firm grasp on that in this movie like, I'm not exactly sure what this movie's about, who this movie's about, other than, like, war is bad because it destroys Mother Nature. <laughs> and that's just not enough for me. That's not enough to carry me through three hours of this movie. Um, I I just found these characters to blend into one another. Um, I thought the first 20 minutes was very good. I love Jim yep. Caviezel hanging out with the natives. Yeah, me too. And I kind of just wanted to watch that movie. But then they drag him onto the ship and they put him next to a bunch of soldiers that look exactly like him. And uh, they say stupid shit in narration. And like you see people die and so the hell what man? (laughs) I just found this to be an exercise of futility and I really didn't enjoy it. And I, Ooh, I, I I thought that, um, you know, this is one of the reasons why I had trouble with Terrence Malick when I first saw tree of life in 2011. Like this is what I pictured him as, and I, I thought that this movie kind of went in the direction of self-parody. That's that's a crazy take. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't dig it, man. I yeah. didn't dig it. Oh wow! It, it is by far and away my least favorite movie on the list. Whoa. Okay. Uh I don't know if it's my least favorite. It's
1: like it's tied with probably one of them. Why are you comparing this to Dunkirk?
0: Well, because I thought you would say like, oh, like the characters in Dunkirk are so well conceived. And- Do you believe they're well conceived in Dunkirk? Well, I. I i think that it's part of the point of dunkirk do you think it works i do okay i do think it works this is a war movie that is totally i'm talking about thin red line here that is totally disinterested with the ideas of war and the violence of war this movie is yeah yeah it is a character study it's a tone poem whatever you want to call whatever sort of pretentious label you want to put on it and uh like okay if you want to make a character drama Make a character drama, but give me compelling characters. Well, I, dis- I, that's, I guess that's where I fundamentally disagree with like you. Like Dunkirk's an action movie. I understand that it's an action movie. I understand that it is born out of spectacle.
1: Yeah, that, that movie has no heart to it, though, is the problem. And there's This no- one has a
0: lot of fake heart. And how about that?
1: I guess that's where I disagree. It's like this movie has both heart and humanity you know i mean there's a tremendous amount of intimacy to this movie in like ways that i don't think i've ever seen out of a war movie before not to say that it's the best war movie i've ever seen it's maybe one of the better ones though for going in that direction i just deeply appreciate its time with these people even if i don't necessarily i can't tell you their names Mm -hmm. but i can pick them out in a crowd that's certainly true i couldn't do that in dunkirk i didn't care when anybody died in dunkirk that's also true how about george No, dude, you you always bring up George. There is is no time spent with George. He is over and done within five minutes. We're going to war, George. He gets knocked down the stairs. We're going to war, George. He gets knocked down the stairs and dies comically. It's stupid. But we're going to war, George. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't understand why you like that movie. That's a. Ugh, God.
0: No, I found myself just sort of
1: what because Christopher
0: Nolan? No, I just I just <laughs> uh, I, I found myself okay. echoing your same criticisms of Dunkirk as I, I can as least, I watched this one. I can point to stuff here that is at least
1: like like worthwhile though. Like I said because there's I mean there's not a a specific focus in any one character, it's more about the collective group and it takes time with a lot of them. I guess the 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 thing that might throw people off is that there really isn't a protagonist. And that's, that's the thing you have to sort of adjust to and it's something I wasn't totally expecting. But when the movie goes uh, 20 minutes without – dealing with jim caviezel's character or when it takes the time to instead of looking at a battle look at a parrot in the tree (laughs) right the the movie is not is concerned with with sort of like like external things or things that are sort of on the periphery at times which is why blades of grass yeah he cares about blades of grass which is why the battle sequences as wonderful as they are are not always the focus of the movie whatsoever yeah so no i get it we're watching
0: a terrence malick movie i understand the Woody
1: death scene was cool. I guess that's one of the weaker parts for me. Though. I don't know. I like it, that. I th- thought a lot of the problem with that one was, in a way, Woody's performance. But I do remember that. That's the other thing. Like it's at least distinctive. Yeah. And it sat with me. And Jim Caviezel's death is wonderful, and just how long it stays with him—just to process the fact that he's about to die, but also be reconnected with a lot of his people. I guess it's very sweet. Yeah. And, and I, I remember watching it and just thinking, like, regardless of the fact that it doesn't have a protagonist, it's incredibly human and incredibly touching, and oddly very, very soothing to watch this movie and to just kind of soar throughout it. And it, again, you feel like you're, you're like, like the audience is more spiritually like jumping in and out of these people, you know, we, it, the, the, there's a slight disconnect in that way, but it, to me, it felt very deliberate and it and, and earned. And like I said, when I was watching it, it was quite satisfying.
0: The closer you are to Caesar, the greater the fear. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Like, what does that mean, man? Was like, was Terrence Malick just smoking an L and just like, <laughs> Hey man, think about Caesar. Is that he's scary? <laughs> What is that? Like, I I just don't know what any of this narration means. I don't know why I care. I don't know who I'm supposed to care about. (laughs) I don't know who I'm supposed to like or hate. And I get it. Like, we shouldn't bomb Mother Earth for no reason. Mm -hmm. I get it, man. We shouldn't kill each other. Because look how beautiful that bird is. You just just tore out one of its
1: wings. Sure. You could say that about a lot of movies, though. It's not playing with ideas that are... I guess unique, but it's another example of a movie that just plays with them with a very new and
0: distinct voice. A very I, vague voice. I think that's more what my problem is. I don't have any problem with the ideas themselves. I just, it's just sort of the like the endless <sighs> drivel. I
1: I feel like you could attribute that to all of his movies, though. You could just it's, as easily make the same criticism towards every single even uh, movies. I don't know. I feel like you could easily say
0: that about Days of Heaven or even Badlands. No about that that's the thing i don't i disagree i disagree i think this is by far and away of the movies that i have seen i can't speak to song of song to song or night of cups because this to me is far more focused in
1: that way in terms of what it's about than tree of life but i think again that's also the point of tree of life
0: but the story itself though has a focus that's more my point what and this doesn't have a focus there's not really a foundation that you can hang these ideas off of and that that's well, the, my problem the entire battle of Guadalcanal is the focus it's it's the entire thing okay, that yeah everything it's is a hung it's a of. battle great i don't know it's a battle that that the americans won oh and dunkirk isn't no I- <laughs> <laughs> you're missing uh, my point no i'm not you are no you are you're mis- what you're am mis- i missing <laughs> the, the fact that you couldn't get in touch there, with these people there isn't like a sort of like just a structure that you can hang off these, these philosophical ideas. Like it's just a bunch of characters doing things and I'm not focused on any one of them. It's just, it's very anti cinematic. I think that's my problem. I have a problem with art house cinema when it becomes anti cinema. I just disagree. And that's something that David Lynch never does. And I think Malick rarely does except here. He kind of did. And I think he went a step too far. I don't know what you're talking you about. you got to build the base, man. I don't know what you're... Let me I, use a metaphor that Terrence Malick oh no. would understand, man. you got to get the roots in the ground first before <laughs> you grow the tree of life.
1: Don't you feel like... The, roots got to be in the ground. Don't you feel like the first 20 minutes is doing exactly that? I like the first 20 minutes. How, then how did you not like like find that to be like the jumping off point for everything that comes afterwards? I, especially, like again, if you look at the structure of the movie and everything that happens next to that 20 minutes... You know, that's sort of what you have to compare
0: it to. Um, Yeah, no, I thought it was just, I thought it was drivel. I did. I thought it was just like nonsensical, just rambling about philosophy. Uh, uh, I didn't like this movie, Adam. I didn't like it. I I thought it was not good. Really? Yeah, that's not. I thought it was not good. (laughs) That's not true at all. (laughs) I did not care
1: for it. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry to say that. I didn't care for it. uh, I I just don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I just don't say, I, I feel like everything you say, I feel like the opposite towards.
0: Okay. Well, let's agree to disagree then. I hate it when that happens. Dunkirk, a better movie than this. Not true. <laughs> Not true. Let's talk about The New World. How many times? Unless you that? have anything else to say about the uh, red I, line. No? Yes. No, it's great. Maybe? Okay. It's great. All right. You sure? Yeah. You all say it? Sure. Okay. but <laughs> <laughs> The New World, 2005, starring Colin Farrell. Uh, Kudorinka. Kudorinka. Kuvendjanae Wallace. Kuvendjanae Kilcher. It's a Native American name. I'm really bad with pronouncing things. Uh Christopher Plummer and Christian Bale are also in this movie. Uh, it was nominated for Best Cinematography, the aforementioned Emmanuel Lubezki, mm-hmm. uh, who we'll talk about in a second. I'm oh, sure. sure. uh was nominated there. Uh, the Story of the English Exploration of Virginia... And of the ever changing world and the loves of Pocahontas. Yes, once again, the story of Pocahontas. You've heard it a million times, but not quite like this. That's what I say about the new world. Um, you saw this for the first time, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what'd you think? I think it's my favorite movie on the list. I think it might be mine too.
1: Whoa, <laughs> this movie rocks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> this it, I, I, it's not like beloved by anybody. It's not by anybody. It's not, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I know, I know. The, the, this, Is it just like people haven't seen it? Is that the problem? Maybe, but like this movie's phenomenal. I thought it's like what, one of the better movies I've ever. I fucking love this movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. I was. Did you rewatch it?
0: I watched a little bit as I was doing research. Uh, okay, okay. I did maybe an hour of it. Um, last night when i was uh, yeah researching it um
1: i was talking about this in i did a like a little mini review i first of all i didn't understand what the issue w- with it was it's such a, a, a again just a journey in the purest sense as you're just a, along with it for the char- with the characters and just kind of experiencing it with them and just such a such a beautiful movie yeah. this movie made me so happy to be alive it- in some ways, no. That's what I thought. It's like yeah, yeah, it's, sure. It's a movie. It's a movie that makes you just appreciate life itself. Yeah, sure. And even in some ways, you y- y- you recognize that there's a lot of crazy things that go on in the world and with nature and with human beings in general. But yeah. like, makes me a little sad to be an American. I'll say that. Not not nah, not quite. No. I, no, it's like it's it it. it approached in such an objective, natural way that those ideas, I I thought it was going to be like an incriminating view of like the, uh, like the white man, the white man and settlers. And it's not exactly that. I mean, especially with the, the, the arc of Pocahontas herself and where she ends up at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, dude, this, this movie is, is gorgeous, not just literally, but just thematically on a, on a story level. It just, it was like one of the more like satisfying things i've seen in a while
0: yeah um it's flooring it really is a it's one of i think the most underrated movies ever made it didn't get a lot of oscar love again it just got one nomination sort of mixed critical consensus
1: right yeah that's what i'm saying i was like guys like i feel like there isn't a lot of love for this movie and i i just don't understand that i think it's like a it's like a masterpiece yeah
0: ebert loved it um i think he gave it a four-star review but yeah i i think. Uh, I think it was considered a little um, overcooked and, and a little long, or I guess
1: undercooked is it's a not, better word. It's not even that long. The one that I, maybe I saw a different version, but what I watched was like two
0: hours and fifteen minutes. Whatever. Okay, That's yeah. Fine. Well, there are like multiple cuts. There's the theatrical cut, which is, as you said, two fifteen. I think the uh, director's cut is two fifty, and it includes more narration and it includes like uh, I think like chapter titles throughout to give it a more like novelistic feeling. Uh, I think I watched the long version. It's kind of hard to find the theatrical version um, from what I read last night. Uh, yeah, but I could watch like four hours of it. Like It yeah, is just a gorgeous, immersive experience. And it, in many ways, just plays all the malik hits. Just nature and man's role in it and destruction and and betrayal and love it's more of a love story than all of his other movies though and I've, yeah I a hundred percent is like the most universal love story too of all of them
1: yeah it, it it's it's certainly about those 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 ideas of nature but like even the relationship to nature in this is almost like a love story yeah like like if you look at pocahontas and how that shifts with her uh over time versus like it, it sort of has this like weird roller coaster effect yeah now she's she's in it and then she's taken out of it and she sort of hates everything around her kind of a coming of age story for her right yes i i, I would completely agree and I, I i i me being me i was like what is the what's the accuracy to the actual story right and it's a uh, it was it was it was a uh, it's terrence malick's version was, right yeah well i think well the, just Di- out of curiosity the
0: disney animated version too no, took no,
1: some liberties to say the least <laughs> Did they really all speak English?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do raccoons actually talk? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the John Smith character never hooked up with Pocahontas. Most historians agree on that. Yeah, I, that's a uh, that's also a strange conses-
1: consensus as well, which I I don't I don't know, I don't nor know. do I care, man. No, I, don't, I really other, don't care. I don't care because again, I'm not interested. Even in... if this movie wanted to be radically different from what actually happened, it wouldn't bother me whatsoever. Yeah. If like if this is i mean i i i guess it is in a way radically different it's there's no way it's keeping that close to the book but it, it doesn't matter it's a wonderful charming it's not even just charming it's just profound as fuck yeah like my god like it's just even just again just the little littlest details to Emphasizing how beautiful the, the natural world is to when John Smith comes back to the little village that's been made and just how foul and disgusting it is uh-huh. just because the the way they the, – the, the amount of structure put into these people's lives has actually kind of been their downfall. Yeah,
0: It's such an interesting idea. Uh, and just sort of the Re- – Yeah, you're 100%. I like how you put that because like every authority figure in this movie is – just incompetent. Yeah. Like they have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's they get there and like they don't have any supplies and like Christopher Plummer needs to go back to England for a supply run or else they're gonna fucking die out there. Yep. And uh they don't know like who these native people are or what they're about. They have no ways of communicating with them. Uh their structures are shoddily built. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a lot of like betrayal amongst the leadership. Yeah. Like they're literally shooting each other yeah. for crimes that they're not sure uh actually were committed yep it, 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 you're 100% right and then like the whole expedition to go find the northern passage it's just like so poorly conducted i think at one point doesn't john smith say like i think i passed it by mistake and i never found it <laughs> like, yep like it's just man's man's tinkering with nature is just not only so sloppy, but just so unnecessary. It's a, well, it's it, the, it's the hubris and also trying to
1: understand nature when you've never really been a part of it. Yeah, and I think that's such a fascinating idea, and it's it's really put to the test with these characters when they're faced with the Native Americans. Yeah. But to see them learn about – to see John Smith just learn about it just is so touching to me.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the scenes with the Native Americans and him when he's first captured are oh,
1: incredible. God, I fucking love it, especially, like, when he starts to become on their good side and they're, like, playing their little, like, foot games with each other. Uh-huh. And they're, like, kind of fucking around with him when – and they're but they're laughing about it and he's having a good time. Just to see that progression from he's going to die to – you know, you're one of us, which again, not a novel concept, but to, the way something about the way it's done here, it just warmed my heart. Well, it's all it, it physical. Was, yes, exactly. It's all visual. That's the other thing. This is a film in the purest sense. Yeah. And we'll get to that even further with Tree of Life. But
0: uh, yeah. But when they start like mimicking each other's mm. like uh, postures and like <laughs> the Native Americans begin uh, like mimicking the English with a cane as a stick using yeah. using a stick as a cane and uh You know, John Smith just sort of just uh, doing a Native American impression, I guess. Like, that stuff was so heartwarming. And you're right. You've seen it a trillion times before. You've seen it in Pixar movies before. Um, But it is it just feels so real and authentic and raw and pure. Mm. And that's like most of this movie. You try to explain the plot of any Terrence Malick movie to someone and you're like, it doesn't really matter. Like, there's just people in the middle of fields just staring at each other and like stroking some plant life and like eventually killing each other. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Eventually killing each other. Yeah, but it like just doesn't fucking matter, man. Like you're in the trance of the movie and it's like, this is the only world that I ever want to be in.
1: It's a vibey movie as hell and all of his movies are vibey. But that's, again, I'm not, when I go into any of his movies now, it's like I'm not, so concerned with a story or plot it's just like the world i am placed in yeah you know and whoever i'm going on this little journey with is all that matters I, the story could do whatever it wants as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah and here that's certainly true i mean just again that's that's what i'm saying just the, the most powerful moments are the littlest moments and littlest details rather when um like he's trying to learn how to uh, uh, speak the Native American language of Pocahontas, and just the way he looks at her, the amount of like like
0: love and sexual attention. Oh God, it's Whoa. an incredible romance. It oh, really yeah. is. And I think the girl was actually fourteen at the time that she filmed it. Right? Was she fourteen? I think so. Oh boy. Yeah. So it it is kind of strange that Colin Farrell was getting that like up close and personal with a fourteen
1: year old. Well, too. I mean, that's Pocahontas, from what I understand, was also like
0: yeah. Years no, old. sure, that hundred percent, and like. It's great that Malik wanted to maintain the historical Authenticity. accuracy. Yeah. It's good that he didn't like cast Scarlett Johansson as like Pocahontas. You know what I mean? I was
1: trying to figure that out. Like, who this is, I, 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 this is having like that effect where it's like, Oh, this is so sweet and, and, and romantic. And it's, you know, it, it, it really makes you fall for these characters, but I'm almost positive. This girl is too young. Yes. <laughs>
0: no, but I don't think like there's ever any explicit nudity or like there isn't. Yeah. there. It, I think it's pretty tasteful. Um, and he does the best he can with a kind of tough situation there. Uh, but yeah, I just, I thought that the romance was palpable and mm. it, I I kind of love the sort of uh, juxtaposition between Colin Farrell and Christian Bale here. Cause when Christian Bale shows up, it's like, Oh yeah. Like that's the type of man you marry. Like yeah. Colin Farrell's like your college fling or whatever. <laughs> like that's your first love. But like Christian Bale is like the, the steady presence that will bring the bread home for you and you don't have to worry about him like you know searching for the northern passage yep <laughs> you know true and there is like a lot of like universality to that idea even though like it's a movie set in the 1600s and it's about Roanoke
1: oh it still applies today through and through I mean a lot of us have kind of gone through that that whole experience yeah for better or worse sure but I also just love how she gets like I guess you could say gets over him but was more content with John Smith later on in her life uh-huh. and how f- Uh, unbelievably understated that was Uh to such a, I did not expect that whatsoever. Yeah. It's just like acknowledgement in the purest form and just, just, you know, accepting the piece of what you had and it's time to move on.
0: Yes. You know, there's a lot of maturity to the romance of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: how that's okay. It's like we acknowledge the fact that what we had was something special, but now just like nature, we've, we've changed a lot, but you know, let's, let's try to find that level of
0: peace and harmony. Yes. Throw everything back into the balance. And she does that. Right hundred percent yeah it's sort of getting at what the before trilogy is getting at in many ways sure you don't think so that's a little more complicated
1: well <laughs> obviously it's a, it's a little and that's a little more defined by the conversations too like this is a film in the pure like i said in the pure yeah. sense like everything almost everything that happens is done through just the the behavior of the characters yeah the, this but i don't know if it's even more com- this is com- complicated but in a different way i wouldn't quite point to the before trilogy okay i don't know
0: i don't know just thematically i'm saying that's all in a way yeah but the only point that i mean to make is that this is an incredibly layered movie with a lot to say along with just breathtaking cinematography and great performances and um yeah this is a movie that again i I don't know how long ago i watched it. it was maybe four or five years ago um and uh i remember thinking like oh wait a minute malik he's not bad yeah maybe i was just an idiot at 15 maybe it's the maybe it's me not the movie uh and uh yeah i i kind of agree with you this might be my favorite one here it was one again Usually,
1: this is like one of those like francis ha moments for me it's like fuck yeah i love this movie yeah it just worked for me on pretty much every level and i just felt like i like completely understood it yeah uh great okay good Uh, just a beautiful beautiful movie i you know what i i i think i said this in my review it's like i'm just a sucker for beautiful movies yeah like like and everyone says oh you like like pretty images like no that's not the point that's not what i'm saying at all yeah you know even though there are plenty of pretty images here. sure sure lots of them but uh, the wrestler is a beautiful movie it's also an ugly fucking
0: movie sure but it's so beautiful definitely okay here we go finally the movie that started it all
1: oh no this is where it's all coming to a crash
0: much like the plot of tree of life Uh, (laughs) what was old is uh now here at the end how sad uh uh, yeah uh tree of life uh it's from 2011 starring brad pitt sean penn and jessica chastain nominated for best picture best director and cinematography um didn't win any of them surprisingly the story of a family in waco texas in 1956 the eldest son witnesses the loss of innocence and struggles with his family with his parents conflicting teachings i guess that's the plot (laughs) um it's certainly a coming-of-age story there's 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 certainly an interpretation of the plot yeah um yeah so i watched this movie again this morning I wanted to be in the zone. I wanted to be locked in. So you're still coming down from it in a way. I didn't want me to, I didn't want to like doze off because sometimes you put this movie on at like 1130 and you're just gone because you're laying in bed and getting late. Plenty of movies like that too. I I always tell people do not watch movies late, late, late at night. I actually watched most of the Malik movies in the morning. Good. And I found that that was the right time to watch them. Did you watch the Red Line in the morning? I did. Oh. No, actually, no, it's not true. I watched it in the afternoon. <laughs> afternoon around uh, well four thirty. Cool. There's your problem. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just as the sun was setting. Can't do it, dude. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Tree of Life. Uh, huh. You go first. Go. You
1: go first. Help I- me out. I want to like th- this is what I, I again I hate to reference my fucking stupid ass letterbox reviews again. Yeah, no one cares about your. But, I, but I'm gonna do it because I. It's like what, telling people about your dreams. Actually, my Twitter, my Twitteries, those yeah. things, your tweets, my tweeteries, your is, tweets, my tweets, is tweeteries that, is not bad. Tweeteries? I'm I'm calling them tweeteries. Yeah, I'm I'm hip, guys. I'm with. The,
0: I I know what the the kids are into nowadays. Yeah. it, It, it here's here's the hierarchy, right? Telling people about your dreams, the most annoying thing. Mm-hmm. Reading your tweets to other people, mm. also a very annoying thing. Uh, telling people about a poker hand that you were just involved in. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. Experience over here. Yeah, no one gives a <laughs> shit. And I think reading your letterboxd reviews.
1: That's a new one. Yeah. That's very new. Yeah. But I'm happy it's in that pantheon. Mm. Um, what I said was, uh, putting it as eloquently as I can, is this movie pretentious? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Does that mean it is not still a great film? No. That's what I'm going to say. No, it doesn't mean that at all. It is a fantastic movie in every sense of the word. And that's about as, 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 as well as I can put it. Pretentious as fuck. Still an amazing movie. Uh, is this the best dinosaur movie ever made? <laughs> <laughs> if the dinosaurs looked a little better, maybe. <laughs>
0: I'm just asking <laughs> no nico it's not okay it's no veloci pastor it's, it's certainly not it's no land before time <laughs> uh okay so the movie starts and uh, jessica chastain says uh there are two ways through life there's the way of nature and the way of grace and i'm like oh yeah that's why i hated this movie when yep. i was 15 yep yep fuck this shit uh those are not the only two ways through life I'm not even sure what that means. Yes, is the way of nature and the way of grace different? Are those uh, mutually exclusive terms? Yeah. Who wrote this? Jeffrey Taitler.
1: Seriously. That's a. I that's, love I, I love throwing shade at that man. That's a burn. That's a. <laughs>
0: that is. A, a, uh some dark ass shade. If I've ever seen it before. <laughs> so yeah, I heard that, and I'm like, okay, uh, here we go again. Why did I revisit this thing? Uh, and then I kept watching, and. Uh, I was just
1: I was blown away. You can't do like I was like, I, 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 I knew like I knew instantaneously as soon as I got going with it. I'm like, oh, God, Nika's going to have a 180 degree turnaround on this within like five minutes.
0: I'm just like, what happened to me? Who am
1: I? What is this? Yeah, it's like a 2001 scenario. I imagine for you. Oh, yeah, I,
0: I, it was. um <laughs> yeah this is just like remarkable cinema Yeah, this is just capital c cinema in every way (laughs) it's fucking incredible i'm almost embarrassed on behalf of my 15 year old self to like tell people this is what cinema is all about It's the combination of visual and sound set to a plot.
1: These are the people that get in the way. Yeah. These are the people that say this is what it should only be about. Right. That's a a remarkable flaw. Yeah. I don't think you should ever say this is all cinema should be. No. You're allowed to not get this movie. Yes. You're allowed to hate this movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But but if someone says that, yeah, this is – cinema can be this way yeah absolutely sure i i say this all the time like i don't need to know what a movie is trying to tell me i don't need to even necessarily agree with its message if there's a message at all it it could be completely devoid of that it's why i love pacific Rim so much absolutely fuck all to say of course it doesn't matter
0: let's enter the drift
1: (laughs) that's what it's really about yeah we all enter the drift one
0: of (laughs) one of these days (laughs)
1: The drift will come for us all. <laughs> the drift captures you, says yeah. boyhood. <laughs> um, But this movie is like just like like an experience like I can't I can't even describe to you. I,
0: I honestly I, I couldn't turn it off. It's it's yeah, I, I went into it this this morning just expecting to turn it off. Just like, an hour in, this is bullshit. Like, I get it. My thoughts have not changed. I'm ready to podcast about it. Um, But I just like sat there the entire time, just totally enthralled by, um, I mean, not only the direction, but also like some pretty remarkable performances at the center of this from Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain.
1: Brad Pitt especially was actually kind of surprising me because I don't think I've ever seen him go to this place with any character. Yeah, He's, 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 I mean... You, I guess you understand where he's coming from, but he's he's a he's a terrible dude. Yeah, you know he's a bit of an asshole of a father. Certainly,
0: you know. certainly. But then at the end, when he's just like, "Yeah, uh, I'm sorry for being such a dick. Like you guys are all that I have. And yeah, you're all that I'll ever have. Oh, it's so heartbreaking, right? I'm like, damn, Malik, you're making
1: me feel things. It's damn, this, Terry. Yeah, I, I, mm. you know, it's funny. I don't know, like if there are a tremendous amount of ways to interpret this movie in heavy quotes, like some people will say, hmm. you know, with other movies, it's a political allegory. It's, right. it's a religious allegory. It's about society. happens it's about, with Lynch a lot, yeah, certainly. It's, it's yeah. about class. I don't fucking know. This movie almost seems to be concerned with like just the majesty of existence. Yeah. And just sort of like how that comes into being and, and why that's special and the, the many journeys and stories that come out of that. It's almost like a spectacle piece in the most fulfilling sense, does that make any sense?
0: Well, here's what I'll say about Malik. Like the dude tackles very universal themes and yeah. simple themes, and yes. um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily realize that when you listen to some of his voiceover, which is again just like philosophical drivel a lot of the time. And this movie has a ton of that. Don't mm. get me wrong; oh, like God, there is yeah. some cringeworthy screenwriting in Tree yes. of Life. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but like under the surface, it's just like a movie about a unhappy marriage and yeah. kids growing up and uh you know we're going to tell it through dinosaurs <laughs> but and i i think like yeah sometimes the style is the substance um but if you're like a 15-year-old douche like me and you're watching this movie you're thinking to yourself like i get it he has daddy issues why am i spending time with dinosaurs but now i'm like a 25-year-old douche and i'm thinking to myself uh, he's got daddy issues. Show me more of the dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, like I just think the older you get and the more movies you see, uh, like, yeah, like, like that's what you go to the movies for. I'm almost like the spectacle is
1: almost why you buy the ticket. Well, I've been saying that for fucking years and, and yeah. people have gotten mad at me. I'm like when people say style over substance, I'm like, that's f- filmmaking. Sure. That's what it's always
0: been. Well, it's this, also just like it's a it's a deceptive turn of phrase i know right? and i it's it's, it's it implies not, that style and substance are two unique entities yes, that do not over it's yeah it's not fair it.
1: whatsoever you're you're entirely right about that because I, I always say like style can very easily be the substance this is, this is a fantastic example yeah um but i also just love like 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 when the movie like stops and give us like gives gives us like that twin peaks episode eight moment yes of just like we are journeying through creation yes and space and
0: time and it how, begins with just like this ambiguous flame and you're not quite sure what that shape is which and you mean, can interpret it into a million things yeah yeah i know and then there's this burst of energy that just creates the weirdest shit
1: that you don't understand at all and that's the point that's like an, a moment where it's like i am not supposed to understand this uh-huh. until you eventually understand it later down the line yeah because that's where we are right um it's just like this cacophonous exploration of cause and effect that's both like beautiful, but also terrifying. And it really puts into perspective, like what like life and death means. Yeah. It's like, cause cause, cause this stuff actually happens and you're like, oh wow oh oh god i guess that puts a greater perspective on like my brother dying in a weird in a weird way yeah Yeah. puts a greater perspective on like our place in the universe or where he's going after he dies or if 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 that's even a
0: thing sure you know it's yeah it takes him through really all the stages of grief mm -hmm. like yes he's contending with his his father's like emotional abuse and he's dealing with his son's death in this just, like, very, yeah, beautiful, just mosaic way. Yes. And it's just something that only film can do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, you can't write this in a book. You can't perform not, this on stage. You really cannot perform it on stage. Yeah, you, you know, it's just so visual and so experimental and... Um, yeah, I just didn't get it, man. And now I do. I just totally get it. I can't tell you why I get it, but I, I get it. It's hard to articulate. That's
1: the, Again, it's a painting. Yeah. It's a painting in the purest sense. It's like, okay, it's just, it's a feeling sort of thing. And I always ref, uh, echo Carpenter, where he, he had, a, had a very broad statement about cinema back when he was making Halloween. And he's like, I don't think movies can really tell you anything. I just uh-huh. think it's about feeling all the time. Sure, And that just spoke to me so dearly. And it actually made me rethink a lot of movies that i maybe didn't give as fair of a shot to just because i was so like in my younger years so enamored with the idea that there needs to be a b c and d happening Uh and then i realized like then why are there these other movies here and there that work for me that were a b c and d aren't don't even exist
0: right and okay i understand that but i i do want to just counterpoint by saying like thin red line there's none of that a b c d here there is at least like a foundation. There is this family unit that everything lies on. And I like I'm beating a dead horse by saying this, right? But like Malik does understand the heart and soul of this movie. Yeah. And so you can show some fucking dinosaurs and you can show some meteors hitting the earth and you can put Sean Penn in the desert walking through a door frame. You can do all of that shit as long as you understand at the heart of this story, it's about a misguided father and a weak mother. And some boys that are f- trying to find out, you know, find and discover their place in the world and how they're being tugged in these two opposite directions. It is just a pretty basic run-of-the-mill suburban yeah. family story, and it's a truly like American family story. All of his movies are American stories too. Right. Which is so wonderful. And so I, I don't again, I don't want to criticize the thin red line too much, but I just didn't get that out of thin red line. Here I understood that there was intentionality and I and I understood what he was getting at it's yeah because i mean that depends it's i guess if your mileage varies on thin red line that's cool
1: because i did feel like there was plenty of that in that movie so okay you know it gets just different from you and i but uh-huh. it's the same thing here you know i would apply the sim- my similar praise from thin red line over to this in that way because again like even the story it's again still here feels like a, an excuse to explore those ideas so much as it is about specifically uh a kid trying to deal with his father and trying to you know live in this family and and you know his relationship towards his brother and his brother's death and so on and so forth mm-hmm. it just doesn't I, I mean it it's it's almost inc- incidental that it's about those things yeah yeah it, and it gives it more of an excuse to say like those the 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 the, the birth of time and, and 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 planets and stars so on and so forth are just as important to this story as right. it, it know, all led us here yeah just, yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. just as important to the
0: brother shooting his his other brother with a uh a bb gun yeah in the finger oh great, great moment. Moment. yeah great moment um as i said before malik's younger brother committed suicide um i'm not sure if he if he killed himself during the hiatus it was later in life i think um so a lot of this is autobiographical i heard one story that his brother because he was under so much pressure from his father to continue his musical studies broke both of his hands on purpose so he would no longer have to play piano or whatever and you can just feel so much of that pain and anguish and trauma in this movie yeah uh it is by far and away his most autobiographical at least of the movies that i've seen oh i can't imagine a movie getting any more personal intimate than this yeah (laughs) evidently he wrote this thing right after he made days of heaven in the late 70s um and it was called q The, the script was called q um and it included elements of tree of life um but it was set in the middle east during world war one uh and i think actually like a dinosaur was included in that movie it was a very like sort of philosophical ambitious like 2001-esque tone poem well this feels very 2001 at times yeah um and i guess at one point he just stopped making the movie and years later reworked it as tree of life um yeah i many people call this his masterpiece many people call this like his uh his magnus magnum opus magnus opus magnum opus uh a magnum opus magnum opus yeah okay there you go uh i don't know if i would necessarily say that but i i, I under- get it i yeah i hundred percent <laughs> get it man this is him at i think his most like creatively charged and his uh you know just most ambitious
1: yeah it's it's it, even though I'm not sure it's my favorite, it does feel almost like a culmination of everything he's been trying to do. Yeah. You, you there's every filmmaker kind of has that movie in, in their, in their plethora and
0: it certainly feels like, okay, we've climaxed here. Yeah. So, uh, definitely. And at the age of however old he was 70 almost damn dude, he yes. was born 43. Yeah. So he was 68. This is his Mad Max Fury Road. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I totally got it, I just totally got it, and I was floored by it this morning, and I just couldn 't look away. This is why you should revisit more movies, Nico. yeah, definitely i'm sorry, sorry to the world, you know, I just feel so bad now I have to go back and update my list, and I got it now my end of decade list is just totally tainted because it 's not even in the top one hundred, and it should be, yeah, I was thinking about it like this it's a it's a, remarkable
1: unbelievable film yeah it like if you're if it if it's not in any like top 100 there's something going on here
0: yeah
1: um yeah no it's it's is it in my top i mean yeah it's in my top 100 i don't know if it's that high on the list
0: boy Boy, it's up there for me
1: it's probably in the top maybe the top 50 i don't know oh it's higher for me it's not quite that high for me I'll, i'll sit on it though i don't know i'll sit on it Um, You still need to watch shame. I I talk about shame all all the fucking time. Shame is the only one missing from my list. You need to watch shame. When I looked at your list, I'm like, where the fuck is shame? Relax. (laughs) Shame. (laughs) Fucking chill out, It's like Steve McQueen's best movie. Where is Fassbender's dick? You haven't seen it. (laughs) Why is it not on this list?
0: (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah. I love Pitt in this movie. I love Chastain, too. too. She's really good. Very underrated. Uh, okay. So I don't know what we're going to do here because uh, it turns out we're pretty big Terrence Malick fans. Yeah. I was going to say
1: I was <laughs> kind of floored. That's what I was saying before. I had an <laughs> amazing time I watching did his too. movie. Amazing. I did, too. That was great. Okay. Uh, what do you want to do here? I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say any of these movies, they don't have, none of them have a, trim, I mean, they have some form of a legacy, but it's not like the grandest legacy. Funny enough, I think Tree of Life probably has the most distinct. Probably, yeah. I wouldn't say any of them are
0: impactful. Uh, I guess maybe Badlands to an extent. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Uh, Badlands, by the way, came out, debuted at the New York Film Festival, same time as Mean Streets. Really? Same festival as Mean Streets. It's like holy shit yeah here are two masters of the craft already yeah. <laughs> during the like same week good for them good for them what a, what a time to be alive holy i shit. know man <sighs> um so i here's look i'll be frank here i i think thin red lines the worst of the five i i don't think it has any business getting into the movie <laughs> hall of fame uh and i don't know if you're gonna put up that big a fight on me i i you're being
1: way too harsh on the movie okay way too harsh you should probably again maybe Put it off for a couple of years. Watch it again. I don't fucking know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's not that bad, dude. It's actually quite great. Uh, if it, it, Does it belong in the movie Hall of Fame? It's in a conversation for one of the better war films I've ever seen, seriously. Does it belong in the movie Hall of Fame? No, no, no. I'm not going to put up that kind of fight. Okay,
0: good. I'll cross it out.
1: Uh, what do you think? What do you think? As much as I, like, I adore the new world, oh, I love it so much, but... It's too much of a cult classic, right? I don't mind putting in cult classics. Neither though. do I. There's nothing wrong with that. Neither do I. And in a way, like I, 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 I'm a proponent in this pod to represent sometimes underrepresented movies. Yeah. I love doing that. For sure. You know? Yeah. The problem is like even in like cult, st- like, it hasn't, it's still behind. That's the thing. Uh-huh. So I don't, oh, God, I don't want to cross it off just yet. Neither do I. I really don't. Neither do I. What was your least favorite movie? man i don't know because thin red line and tree of life are kind of tied for me for your least favorite yeah that's the, i hate saying that because i love them i love them i love them i don't them, think I we should them. cross tree of life out that soon though yeah i don't know i don't know uh, how about badlands let's talk badlands for a second yeah. I mean, it's I mean, his first movie but i i do like bad L- i mean maybe by default thin red line was my least favorite but again okay. that doesn't mean i didn't
0: love it um badlands is his first one yeah. um a lot of times i think we show some bias towards first pictures it's my second favorite on the list okay it's certainly my second favorite. it's his most
1: accessible definitely yeah which i come back combat you frequently yeah stop
0: choosing the most accessible movies <laughs> yeah no i get it um <laughs> oddly enough though it, I, again, I really like the movie and it seems like sort of the obvious choice here. Mm. It, it's not my favorite. No. It's not my favorite. Can we cross it out? Yeah. Let's cross Badlands out. I fucking love Badlands. Though. I do too.
1: <laughs> I, I do like it more than Days of Heaven. But again, maybe that would change if I rewatch Days of Heaven. Yeah, I, mean, I,
0: yeah. I was... I just thought like Days of Heaven did everything that Badlands was going for much better. I think they're very different movies. I mean, they? on a plot level, but just like... It was full Malik by nineteen seventy eight. Sure, you know. Sure, you want to cross Badlands out? Yeah, yeah, you could. Uh, boy, fuck me.
1: I think I'm with you. I think Days of Heaven and New World are my two favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely. Uh, well, for, at, the, at this point, it would be Tree of Life and and New World. But I'm I'm fine with you crossing off Tree of Life just because you love Days of Heaven so much.
0: Because I, re- I do remember Days of Heaven being a really great experience. I mean, it's got the iconic score. If we want to like do some tiebreakers here, it it probably is the most distinct looking. It's re- Malik movie. <laughs> I do love it when we throw out our criteria
1: altogether, and it just breaks yeah. down to uh, just well. feeling. <laughs> it happens. No, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I really honestly believe a lot of the time, like it, when when we get down to tougher decisions like this, it should be more about just a feeling. Follow your heart sure yeah who 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 gives a fuck if we induct Zelig? <laughs> you can go the way of nature
0: or the way of grace <laughs> and uh sometimes the way of grace is the way to go uh, i don't know man yeah
1: i'm fucking stuck i do have my two uh 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 what is it your called? vetoes my vetoes where it's like this one's going out. I should get a veto button out. Yeah. Oh, here's the veto button. I'm not using it. Don't worry. Okay. Though. Well, just I, in case though, we just should always always have your veto.
0: Just in case. In case you
1: get mad at my persistence towards one. I have two of them. You have one. Here comes the Wattatty's veto button. Is it working? No. Okay. If Doesn't you, matter. You
0: can still press it.
1: Can you hear it, people? Look at this. Want to hear some audio goodness over here? Too many thoughts of media.
0: Oh yeah. Beautiful. That's the veto button. Hmm. my favorite movies Days of Heaven I think my favorite's New World so we'll cross out Tree of Life you're great Tree of Life you're great we love you we'll cross it out
1: I will say this yeah the, the if I'm to I have like no flaws with the new world not even with the voiceover and yeah there's a couple moments in Tree of Life where it's like Sh- sh- shut the fuck up!
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: Days of Heaven. I'm like, talk more. Yes, I want more voiceover. Mm-hmm. There's not even enough.
1: It's 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 tough though, because like I I just adore the the story and the storytelling in the New World. I love it so much. It's like everything I I I, I look for in a movie. Uh-huh. It's like a perfect storm of cinema for me. But I don't know. I don't. I mean, if you want to do Days of Heaven, that's 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 cool. That's cool. I'm cool with New World too. How do we decide this? Let's call up Terry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You want to flip a coin? (laughs) We're coming down to that. Let's flip a coin. All right. You got a coin on you?
1: Call it. Just call it. You've been putting it up your whole life, but you just didn't know it.
0: You got a coin on you? I don't. All right. Heads, days of thunder, tails, new world. Do you have a coin? I'll ask Siri. What? Yeah. What what? What do you mean? Heads Days of Thunder Tales New World or other way around? I want heads. Heads New World Tales <laughs> Days of Thunder. Yeah. It's the first time in podcast history we're <laughs> doing Shit. this. Shit. Hey Siri, flip a coin. It's heads. Yeah, okay. Congratulations yeah. to the New World.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How did she decide that? is she making that decision she didn't flip a fucking coin (laughs) siri baby thank you it's the first time ever in the history of the movie hall of fame (laughs) now i am starting to get annoyed that i keep getting these (laughs) you can have the next one (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's all right you gave me last week didn't you yeah yeah technically i did yeah that makes me happy that's kind of a cool decision yeah because it's the least expected one i would say definitely yeah I would say even
0: more so than the Thin Red Line. No question. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is his like least talked about masterpiece. I love I love inducting these kinds of movies. Okay, New yeah, World so. is in there. Cool. That's that's a weird one, but I'm cool with it. I'm totally fine me with too, it. Me too. Me uh, too. Okay. Um. Next week, what are we doing? I don't know.
1: I was trying to think about that, but I, I came up with nothing. Um. Do we okay. want to do another director? What do we want to do?
0: A What's the deal with Tenant? When's Tenant coming out? Uh. September. Now oh, we got to wait a little September. while. Yes, we do. Um,
1: I am so like, in, I have I, I, I have no expectations on tenants still. I'm so like in the middle. I am just so disinterested. I, I hate to say it. But I I'm, really don't care. But you're going to come out and just fucking adore. It's going to be your favorite. <laughs> no, movie. I'm not. Yeah, you might. You uh, say, you say that now. Alright, well, we're to just pick a random year here. Whatever we have left. 1978? We haven't done 1978? We've not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember us looking at that and being a little annoyed because there wasn't as much as we expected, oh, from what I remember, um there's Halloween, but like, okay, not as much. Well, let's do it then, why not all right i I can't believe, how many more seventies years do we have? We have nineteen seventy 1970 and nineteen seventy eight Re- we
0: haven't done nineteen seventy nope
1: okay, uh best feeling I thought I had
0: of... an idea for this week, and now I'm forgetting, shoot. Is huh. there a director or something I wanted to do? I don't know. I totally forget. Ah, I had an idea.
1: Oh, look at this year.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a weak year, but let's let's do it. Oh yeah, boy. Okay. Yeah. Days of Heaven came out in '78. Look at that. Mm. Should we give it another bite at the apple? <laughs> <laughs> then I have to rewatch it. I guess if you want. Nah, it's all right. We've talked enough, Malik. This is yeah. It's really not a great year. Uh, my nomination will be the Deer Hunter.
1: Okay, my nomination will be Halloween. Um, then let's go Midnight Express. I need to see that. So do I. Um, because then 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 it's like, what else is there? It's like very like kind of cheap shit. Um, is Enter the Dragon that year? No. What is this? No, Game of Death. Um, well, there's Piranha. You got Animal House. Animal House came out, okay. Sergeant Pepper, yeah, yeah. Let's do Sergeant. No, we're not. Um, yeah, Animal House.
0: All right, and Grease, then I guess. Right.
1: How many movies is that? That's five. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, so but but but, yeah, I guess you're right. Grease. Damn man.
0: Grease, Halloween, Midnight Express. Um, what else?
1: Grease, Halloween, Animal House, and the Deer Hunter, and the Deer Hunter, yeah. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, with George Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Which one is that? Donald Sutherland one? The Cat from Outer Space, (laughs) Cheech and Chong, Up in Smoke, the Superman movie. Yeah, this is not the best year. Every
0: which way but loose. (laughs) Damn!
1: Oh, Last Waltz. Yeah, we we covered we, we, that we to that.
0: yeah i think that's that's about right all right all right all right yeah i think the weakest year of the 70s it looks like damn
1: but it's also got some great movies oh the big
0: it? sleep came out that year i have not seen the big sleep maybe worth a look i don't know we'll we'll talk about it i think that's about right though okay okay cool all right that's it malik yeah
1: i'm glad we finally did it that was fun now uh next one will be reffin it's happening it's finally happening, baby. We're doing Nicholas Ref, and I just threw out 1979. No, I kidding. will give you the time and location over my dead body. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Wes Anderson. Dude. You would like his earlier movies. You wouldn't like Fear X because Fear X fucking blows. Uh, but yeah, dude, you'd love the first two Pusher movies.
0: I think anyway. One of these days. Maybe we'll see New Mutants together and we'll talk about it. Imagine if there's enough to say about New Mutants it's for a podcast. It's going to be so bad.
1: <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. There is no way in hell that that movie is good. What's that uh, Russell Crowe movie called? Rampage or something? Rampage. Mean Fat Man. <laughs> Falling Down Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> What's that called? Road Rage? <laughs> no. What the? Oh. Rage. It starts with an I, I think. Um, God damn it! I unhinged. Un, oh, it starts with a U. Okay, unhinged. <laughs> it starts with an I. <laughs> Inhinged. That's what it's called. Inhinged.
0: Oh, the movies are open today, though. AMC opened uh, just today.
1: I am so happy about that, and I got to get a ticket to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hopefully, fingers crossed. That'll be fun mm-hmm.
0: for sure. Uh, great. Yeah, can't wait to get back out there. It's can't gonna, wait.
1: It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be really weird. It's gonna be, I I was driving by uh the other day and I was like, Oh my god, the lights are on. Yeah. The lights are on. Yeah. And Abby and I drove up there and we just took pictures by the, <laughs> the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so we were so happy. They were like setting up inside and it was great. Yeah. It was so, oh, it made me so happy. It's like a
0: landmark all of a sudden. It's I like, alm- look what I found, a movie theater. I almost cried. It was the best. Yeah, I can't wait to get back out there, man. Dude, there's I'm going to see so many movies this fall <laughs> that I have no business seeing.
1: Abby got me a Stubbs membership and I haven't used it fucking at all. Oh. <laughs> it's terrible. An but- A-list? Yeah. Really? For how long? A whole year. What? Yeah, until until February 26th. You have unlimited movies? Yeah. I'm sure they paused it, right? I hope they did. Yeah. Cuz Jesus
0: Christ, it was like a great resource and I was When did you when did she sign up for it? It was for my birthday, so it was February 26th. Oh, okay. Of, of this year. Of this year. Yeah. Oh, so you only had a month worth of, yeah. of stubs. Exactly. So you have now 11 straight months. Yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm. Nice. 11 straight months of free movies. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're going to see so much shit. Yeah. It was like, like when I had Movie Pass, dude. Movie Pass
1: was like a drug to me. It was yo. crack. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, come here, baby. <laughs> Come here,
0: baby. <laughs> I saw. I paid for so many movies that were not worth the money. <laughs> that is okay. Oh, it's the best. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, we love you so very, very much. Uh, you know the drill. Go to the website. Check out all our other shows. Go to Discord where we have... Uh, we've been talking about some Captain Beefheart on there lately. Have you listened to any more? Listen to a little bit. Listen to a little bit. What was that like for you? Uh Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> dude in a word sublime
1: i have to admit i've been listening to that album non-fucking-stop
0: that's incredible
1: it's i i that that if i (laughs) that movie will cure my future cancer that's that album i mean
0: (laughs) Uh, someone on discord i'm not sure who spk 720 is says i highly recommend listening to track number two entitled the dust blows forward and the dust blows back (laughs) The dust blows boy, the dust blows back. A real piece of poetry. Beautiful. Incredible stuff. Yeah, that's just sort of the crackling conversation you can get yourself into on the Discord. Join it on the website, too manythoughtsmedia.com. Click on the sidebar, join our Discord. I actually joined in for a little bit on a few of them. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's a good time. Alright, love you so very, very
1: much. Until next time. I have no memorable lines, so I'm just gonna quote Christopher Plummer behind the scenes. Terry, you're so boring. You've got to get yourself a writer. <laughs>